down in the grip of oppression I fought for my liberty I paid with the blood of my people Freedom has never been free Now my door's always open To dreamers and friends But when I'm attacked I protect and defend Because my name is America Hello everyone and welcome and this is Karen Schoen. You are listening to the Prism of America's Education brought to you on the America Out Loud Talk Radio Network with our wonderful sponsor, the Florida Citizens Alliance, an amazing job the Alliance is doing with a major push to get those kids out of these indoctrination clinics that are destroying the youth of today. And the sad part is, folks, this is evident. Now we are beginning to see the ramification of affirmative action as you look at this administration of incompetence. I don't even know if there is anybody in the administration capable of making a competent thought that will actually lead to a conclusion, and I would say to help the American people, but we know that that's not their goal. Uh, Their goal is to destroy the American people, to push America, make America look exactly like the other third world countries so that no country will be jealous and say, oh, but in America, they could own a house. Remember, they want us to rent. There will be no ownership. And if we allow this to happen, which we are, that's the problem. So that's why we bring in people who are experts in their field and can explain what's going on so that we have a full understanding and we can share that information with our legislators. That's one of the downfalls of we the people. We have been so anesthetized that when our legislators do anything, we yell at them on the TV, but we never pick up the phone, never send an email, never do the things that are necessary to alert them as to what's going on. Folks, they're people just like us. And we have to be on top of them because they can't be experts in everything. They don't know what's going on in the hometown, even if they're in your state capital or they're in the federal capital. It doesn't make any difference. It's our job to tell them what's going on. And I want to remind you all, remember, I always reference the 45 goals of communism. Well, let's take a look at number 11, because that's the one that is being pushed on us today. Promote the UN as the only hope for mankind. If its charter is rewritten, demand that it set up a one world government with its own independent armed forces. Communist leaders believe the world can be taken over easily by the UN and by Moscow. Sometimes these two centers compete within each other as they are now doing. Remember folks, a communist has no oath that they can take because once they put their hand on the Bible, they're lying. 
Communists don't believe in God, and they certainly would never swear to a constitution, especially the American constitution, which gives we the people the freedom to act. But if we don't act, we lose that freedom. And right now, we have things going on in our country, I believe, that need to be explained because all of it, to me, comes from what's going on at the border. That is where the biggest demographic change is going to take place. And when I talk about the border, I love to have my Cutler join me and he is joining us today because his knowledge about what is going on at the border and how it will change the face of America is stellar. Mike, thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate it and all the hard work that you have been doing to alert the people to the truth well it's, it's my privilege one. it's my privilege to join you karen and just so your audience knows when i make statements it's it's based on fact and it's based on my 30 years of experience with the former immigration and naturalization service uh, and these aren't left right issues you see if the american people really knew the truth about immigration this is one issue that all americans irrespective of political ideology should be 100 percent in favor of um, changing to the point where we actually enforce the immigration laws. And, and I just want to make a quick point, because I think it's important to start out by reminding folks that our immigration laws have nothing to do with race, religion, or ethnicity. The globalists, the lunatic left, and, and the globalists on the right, um, they lie all the time. And they've created this fake narrative that somehow immigration law enforcement is about racism and bigotry, and it's not. And in fact, if you go to Title VIII, United States Code, Section 1182, I'll repeat it, write it down, Title VIII, United States Code, Section 1182, it enumerates the categories of aliens who are to be kept out of the United States, and there's not a single word about race, religion, or ethnicity. If there was, I couldn't have enforced those laws for 30 seconds, let alone 30 years. It's about protecting public health, public safety, national security, and the jobs and wages of Americans, and I'd love to know who could argue against enforcing laws with those goals? Apparently, our government can argue against it because they have no idea. Or they do when they're just no, they not know. paying so attention. Let me, so let me tell you how it's got this way. Uh, you know, I've testified before something like 17 hearings in the House and Senate. I've testified before legislative hearings around the country. I provided testimony to the 9-11 Commission. I had a very diverse uh, career with the INS. I began my career, I was always in New York City. I'm a Brooklyn boy, I even went to Brooklyn College. You don't get more Brooklyn than that. But I began as an immigration inspector at Kennedy Airport, did that job for four years. For one of those four years, uh, I did the marriage interviews you've seen on TV uh, or the movies to make certain that the couple that claims to be married truly lives together so that the alien in question uh, is entitled to become a lawful immigrant, lawful resident alien of the United States. And then I spent 26 years as a special agent. I rotated through all the squads within the investigations branch. And interior enforcement is the key, as you will see, to all of the, what we need to do. Uh, I was the first immigration agent assigned to the Unified Intelligence Division of the Drug Enforcement Administration. And then I spent the final 10 years of my career with the Organized Crime Drug Enforcement Task Force, so I had desks at the FBI, DEA, ATF. I worked closely with foreign governments, including Canada, Great Britain, Israel, Japan. Uh, it gave me a global perspective. 
And the problem is that for the globalists, our borders are not seen as the first and last line of defense that in point of fact they are, but as an impediment to their wealth. And I was told as much by another witness at a hearing who was working for a company that had close ties to the U.S. Chamber of Commerce. We are being given Orwellian terminology, campaign contribution. I love that term. You know what it really means? Bribe. I couldn't get a cup of coffee on duty unless I paid for it, unless I wanted investigations to set up a surveillance on my house. And that makes sense. You take nothing from anyone. The most that I could accept was a glass of ice water. When the government of Japan gave me a police medal for the assistance that I gave them on a narcotic smuggling investigation, my bosses had to make a determination that the police medal they gave me had materials that weren't worth more than $30 or I could not have kept it. They would have hung it on the wall at headquarters in Washington. Wouldn't it be nice <laughs> if the politicians were limited to $30? I was just thinking exactly that after reading what Nancy Pelosi is worth after spending her time in Congress and how they've accumulated all of this money. Wouldn't it be nice if they were limited to $30? Well, and, and look at the campaign contributions that I will tell you where the wheels came off the wagon. Because right after 9-11, I was on television 20 to 30 times per month, plus radio, all the networks. I was called by the Democrats, also the Republicans, mostly the Republicans, but Sheila Jackson Lee uh, invited me to testify at two, two hearings. It was a bipartisan concern because everyone understood we were attacked by terrorists who had to get into the country to carry out the attacks. But somewhere around 2007, 2008, in that rough time frame, the Supreme Court decided Citizens United, which meant that unlimited amounts of money could be pumped into political campaign coffers. Okay. After that happened, the wheels came off the wagon, and now we need a new position in the government, um, the official auctioneer. I personally like the guy from the Mecham Auto Auction, but there are others out there. But, but that's where we are now. I mean, understand this. In order to win an election, politicians need massive quantities of money. And when you get these lying politicians, forgive the redundancy, who will say to you, oh, I don't take PAC money, political action committee money, that's a lie. Because the party gets that money and then they disperse it to the candidates that are playing the game the way they're told to play the game. Think about the position in the United States Congress known as the whip. If that doesn't sound like a Tony Soprano enforcer, I don't know what does. And I can tell you that there have been candidates whose campaigns were defunded principally because they decided we still needed to enforce our immigration laws. Neither party wants to enforce the laws. You know, I'll, full disclosure, I'm a registered Democrat. I can't tell you the last time I voted for a Democrat because the Democrats have morphed into something ugly and dangerous. But the Republicans are only marginally better. But it was the Republicans who gave us the visa waiver program under Ronald Reagan. Reagan gave us the first amnesty. Reagan set up the circumstances for the creation of the diversity visa, the visa lottery signed into law by George Herbert Walker Bush. When George W. Bush created the Department of Homeland Security, he violated the Homeland Security Act and split immigration enforcement in half between Customs and Border Protection and ICE Immigration and Customs Enforcement. That was never supposed to happen, and it made things impossible. He also folded in agencies that have nothing to do with immigration. That wasn't supposed to happen. So ICE is Immigration and Customs. Customs has nothing to do with immigration. 
It also includes TSA. It also, they go after money laundering and intellectual property theft. And of course, when Obama came to office, he blew the doors literally off the hinges, took discretion that he had as the president, but through executive orders, took DACA, Deferred Action Childhood Arrival, and twisted it so that suddenly we were protecting from deportation hundreds of thousands or more illegal aliens. And people say, well, it was about the kids. No, it wasn't. DACA had an age cutoff of, of 15 years of age, but that only meant that the alien who applied for protection had to claim to have been in the country prior to their 15th birthday, okay? But in reality, they could be in their mid-30s when they filed the application, and there were no interviews, there were no field investigations, I wrote an op-ed at the time for the uh, for Fox News because what Obama claimed was prosecutorial discretion was really prosecutorial deception. And I, I know you emailed me and asked me about Biden's new law, as you phrased it. The president doesn't make laws. That's the job of Congress. We have a president who is an authoritarian. Uh, that is, he isn't because he's incapable, I believe, of tying his shoes without assistance. But whoever stands behind him, whoever is pulling the strings, are acting as authoritarians. This is not a legislative process. Taking executive orders, and there is a certain level of discretion that the president has, that's fine. But then making a mockery of it and saying, we're going to parole into the country hundreds of thousands of aliens, that's not how parole is supposed to work. Nothing that is being done today is consistent with the Constitution or the immigration laws of the United States. So, so let's start out with Article 4, Section 4 of the Constitution. You know, every time Donald Trump tried to do something with immigration, the screams were, you know, unbelievable all over the country. Oh. My God, he's violating the Constitution. Okay, Article 4, Section 4. The states are to be provided with a Republican form of government and protected against invasion and domestic violence. If what we are witnessing is not an invasion, then I need a new dictionary. Now understand it's not just the Southern border, but that's all that we're hearing from the Republicans and the so-called conservative news media. Look at the crisis on the Southern border. You know, Karen, I, I just did a yeah. speaking event in New Jersey and I asked the people who were there, did it matter to them how I got to, to the meeting place. I said, do you care if I took the Verrazano Bridge or the George Washington Bridge or the Lincoln Tunnel or the Holland Tunnel? Do you care if I drove on the Jersey Turnpike or the Garden State Parkway? And they said, why should we care? I said, that's exactly right. All that mattered was that I got to this meeting place on time so that I could speak to everybody. And they said, that's right. I said, do you think it's any different for aliens entering the United States? Oh, very interesting. Very interesting point. Um, see, and that's the whole point. All they want us to do, this is Kabuki theater, focus on the southern border, right? We right. know there's a surge of illegal aliens and narcotics flowing freely across the northern border. We have 100,000 miles of border. And all we're hearing from the Republicans, we don't need 87,000 IRS agents. We need 87,000 Border Patrol agents. I have a better idea. We need 87,000 ICE agents and limit them to only enforcing the immigration laws of the United States. Because that would be refreshing. Well, that would that actually would make it be work. refreshing. But, but, but this could end the problem. Understand the problem. 
What this administration has done is to have flooded millions of people into the United States, and we have no clue where they are. They've been dispersed across the country. So even now the media are saying, well, now we're a country of 50 border states. Well, I use that expression right after 9-11 to get people to understand the point. We have 50 border states, not because people run the border and then get dispersed to all the states. That's certainly an element of the problem. But think of how many aliens are illegally present in the United States who came across the Canadian border, who came on ships. I was the Marine Intelligence Officer for the INS in New York City for three years. So I was going out with the U.S. Coast Guard and U.S. Customs as part of the boarding teams looking for contraband and stowaways on ships. Okay? We ignore that. Think of the Golden Venture, the ship that washed up on the shore of the Rockaways in New York back in the 90s. Okay? There's many more of those happening that go undetected. Think of how many aliens arrive at international airports. So to, to that point, I went to the Customs and Border Protection website and saw something interesting that I want to share with you. So this is the official CBP, Customs and Border Protection website, and they state in this article, on a typical day in fiscal year 2022, CBP, Customs and Border Protection, processed 868,867 passengers and pedestrians. So these are people that came across the land borders, came across seaport, came across through international airports. And in fact, they made the point that 263,000 of those of those people coming in were international airline passengers and crew. We have no <laughs> clue under what circumstances they were admitted whether or not the Biden administration is truly preventing people who should not be getting visas from getting visas and admitting aliens who were inadmissible. As an immigration inspector, I did this job for four years, so I'm intimately aware of it. I don't know anybody that gets on national TV and talks about the issues who have any real world experience, with the exception perhaps of Mark Morgan and Tom Hoban. Uh, Mark, of course, was, was the director of CBP, and, and Tom was the director of ICE. But what I'm disappointed in is that Tom never talks about the mission that ICE has when he was the director of ICE. It it's kind of uh, leaves me scratching my head. I, I like the guy we've met. I think he's a good guy. But ICE is at the heart of the problem. But understand that we have no interior enforcement by design. Let me tell you what interior enforcement means. It's not just arresting illegal aliens. Everyone presumes, well, that's what you do. That's only a tiny part of the job. It's about going after immigration fraud, people who claim to be married, as we talked about, the marriage interviews, people who get visas to do jobs, but they don't have the qualifications and the visa was issued to them under false pretenses, people who lie about their identities. Immigration fraud, in point of fact, was identified by the 9-11 Commission as the key method of entry and embedding for the terrorists, not just on 9-11, but for the decade leading up to the attacks of 9-11, and we've seen that happen afterwards. Think about Faisal Shahzad, the Times Square bomber, I believe it was 2010, became a United States citizen while concealing his involvement with international terror. Think of the Tsarnaev brothers who carried out the 2013 bombing of the Marathon in Boston. The family claimed political asylum. We can't go back to Russia because we face persecution. And as soon as we gave them asylum, they went back to Russia. Clearly, they lied. And then they carried out a terror attack. We've seen this time and again. The only agents whose focus is on immigration fraud are ICE agents. But we don't have enough agents to do anything. 
ICE agents are also supposed to provide people to the Joint Terrorism Task Force. The immigration laws are unique in their ability to help further investigations into international terrorists. The reason the 9-11 Commission requested my testimony was because in my first year as an immigration agent, I was doing a fraud investigation that caused me to trip over a terror plot in Israel. We wound up preventing the bombing of an oil refinery. I since investigated and arrested other terrorists from Colombia, a suspected IRA terrorist. I took a gun off of him and we prosecuted him for that crime. So this is real world. Immigration is at the heart of all of this because in order to be successful, criminals and terrorists need to cross international borders and cross them frequently. Again, this is the realm of immigration enforcement. Finally, immigration agents go after crooked employers and crooked lawyers. And when you say crooked lawyers and crooked employers, you're talking about the people that fund the political campaigns. Think of how much money goes into campaign coffers from the American Immigration Lawyers Association. They don't see aliens as aliens. They see them as clients. Okay, so when you look at that, when you look at the NGOs, the non-government organizations that laughably call themselves nonprofits while they get hundreds of millions of dollars in contracts, uh, Congress, the Democrats allocated $4 billion to address the border, right? But not to be used for any enforcement whatsoever, but to provide housing, healthcare, education, and so forth for the illegal aliens that they now call migrants. Migrant doesn't mean that they necessarily cross borders. They keep ignoring the immigration term. So I've given them a new term. I call all these aliens entering the country today, if they don't want to use the word alien, why don't we call them what they are? Clients. Clients for immigration law firms and clients for the NGOs. What do you think of that, Karen? I think that that is a really good idea because that really causes attention. You mentioned before that the Chamber of Commerce has their dirty fingers in all of this as well. Absolutely. And they have been the latest mantra on uh, mainstream media has been how immigration is going to help lower inflation. And I believe the only thing that immigration is going to do is lower the salaries of the American worker, because from what I'm seeing, the illegal aliens, and I'm going to use that term, illegal aliens are getting the reward. I'm a senior. Why am I getting $1,400 less than somebody who came to this country illegally? Well, let's go beyond that, Karen. And, and I, I understand your frustration, but it's not just the illegals. It's the visas. And that's what we're getting. That's what I wanted to ask you. What impact yeah. do you think the visas oh my God. have? It's, it's, it's killed the middle class. Let me read something to you. This is from Alan Greenspan when he testified for Chuck Schumer back on April 30th, 2009 where he said that we basically, he talked about illegal immigrants, that they only minimally suppress the wages of America's working poor, which is a lot of nonsense. Um, and, and by the way, too many people are too greedy. When I say to people that it's reasonable to give people that work in fast food restaurants $15 an hour, they go nuts and they say, oh my God, how much am I supposed to pay for a hamburger? People that make 15 an hour can't subsist in a place like New York City. You can't take care of a dog on 30000 And so what happens? They wind up getting food stamps, housing subsidies, and all these other benefits that we, the taxpayers, are paying for. And that pushes these people to the left because they will vote for the party of the handout, which is the party of the handout, boys and girls. It's the Democrats. 
And that's why I said that when I a long time ago said comprehensive immigration reform should be renamed the Terrorist Assistance and Facilitation Act, because we would be providing illegal aliens who snuck into the country and can't prove who they are with official identity documents that they could use to move freely around the country. And this, again, was something that was warned about by the 9-11 Commission. It makes no sense. And you have Republicans today. House Speaker McCarthy was asked by Fox News. So you're against any form of amnesty, aren't you? What he said was what McCarthy said to Fox News. When you look at the mess on the southern border, how can we talk about comprehensive immigration reform until we fix the southern border? Wow. Why is he even bringing up fixing the border with comprehensive reform? One has nothing to do with the other. Border security is not a bargaining chip. Okay. And and why is it only the southern border? Why isn't he saying we need to make certain that we end people's ability to easily enter the United States in violation of law? And why do they only want Border Patrol agents and not ICE agents? Because now you've got millions of aliens floating around the country who I promise you will not show up for their hearings. And those hearings won't be for years. Right. And and who do you need? The Border Patrol has only one mission. It's interdiction. If you get 50 or 100 miles from the border, their mission ends. Okay, you need ICE agents to make certain that these aliens go for their hearings and that if they're ordered deported, that they're put on airplanes and sent out of the United States. Now, the, the Republicans have to know this, and yet they don't talk about that. Why? Because they're all in. When you hear that there is a bipartisan agreement on immigration, I prefer a different term to bipartisan agreement. I call it collusion, okay? Because both sides of the aisle take campaign contributions, a.k.a. bribes, from the very same people and organizations that want America's borders to be taken down. Understand that. So CNBC published an article December 2nd, just a couple of weeks ago, Tech layoffs send visa holders on frantic search for employment to avoid deportation. And then it says tech layoffs spiked above above 50,000 in November, according to the website layoffs, FYI, as more big companies emphasize the needs to slash costs. Okay, first of all, they're not frantic to avoid deportation. If they don't have a job, they go home. When you go to a hotel, the two weeks or the three weeks, whatever you you know arrange for the room is up. You're not being evicted when they slip the bill under the door and say to you, hope you had a great vacation. This is what you owe us. You're expected to leave. That is not an eviction. If you're here as a temporary worker and the job goes away, too bad. You got to go home. So now they're saying that these tech employees have got to look for new jobs because otherwise they're going to be forced to leave. Well, wait a minute. How many Americans have lost their jobs with the layoffs? Hold that thought, Mike. And I'm going to ask you if you'll continue the conversation on the other side of the Absolutely. Break. Thank you so much. And folks, you are listening to Karen Schoen. This is the Prism of America's Education brought to you on the America Out Loud talk radio network with my wonderful sponsor, the Florida Citizens Alliance, and my terrific guest, Mike Cutler. Uh, Folks, don't go away because this is such an important conversation that you have to get a handle on. If these people are staying here, what happens to the jobs of the Americans? Stay tuned. We'll be right back and you'll find out. 
Trouble concentrating or recalling information is frustrating, embarrassing, and kills productivity. Nutrition company Healthy Cell created Focus and Recall to boost your brain power. Unlike other supplements that don't work, Focus and Recall is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients to help you immediately sharpen focus, concentrate longer, and strengthen recall. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code out loud. Here on America Out Loud, we emphasize optimal health, and air is the most essential element for life. The average person inhales over 35 pounds of air every day, yet we seldom think about how to rid the air of pathogens swiftly and safely when we need to. The Genesis Fogger Plus HOCL is the only way to quickly and naturally restore air to its optimal condition. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud for a free ebook on everything you need to know about HOCL and receive a 15% discount on the Genesis Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you'll be ready for what's next. Welcome back, everyone. This is Karen Schoen. You're listening to the Prism of America's Education on the America Out Loud talk radio network with my wonderful sponsor, the Florida Citizens Alliance. When we left for break, we had mentioned H-1B visas. And I don't think people realize that this is equally as bad as people just coming over the border because these people had permission to stay for a certain amount of time and then they stay forever. And this has a tremendous ramification on housing, jobs, education. I remember as a teacher, my first year in school, I had 40 students, 40. They were sitting on windowsills. Then there came the rule that a new contract and we could only have 28 students. What a huge difference of being able to talk to the kids closer on a one-on-one than being in a room full of people that didn't understand anything, making it very difficult to get to each one individually. This is going on in our schools today. Get your kids out of these public indoctrination centers because more and more illegals will be coming in, which means your child will have less and less attention. And as you were saying, Mike, one of the things that Eisenhower, President Eisenhower said is that our kids should have a free and clear opportunity for the best education possible. But we're not doing that. We're doing no merit just based on skin color and based on your immigration status. This is a travesty to a generation of kids. Mike, what does the visa have to do with this Immigration. So two two things. First, I, I just want to quickly touch on if there was comprehensive immigration reform, we're told there's 11 million illegal aliens. The number is probably closer to 40 million. Uh, there'd be no interviews. Think of the danger this imposes to national security. It just took 19 terrorists to carry out the attacks of 9-11. But look at another issue. Let's say we legalize 25 million illegal aliens. They could immediately have all of their children join them in the United States under the law. And I agree with the law. If you're going to move here, you move with your kids and your wife or your husband. What does that mean? Imagine if each alien on average petitioned for four children. We talk now about 100 million kids who would immediately have to be enrolled in schools 
the Congressional Budget Office says it costs 40 to 20 to 40 percent more to educate kids who can't speak, write or write English. This is a prescription for the destruction of the United States. We should call comprehensive reform the Overwhelm America Act. So when Republicans or Democrats use the term comprehensive reform, you need to reach out to them, tell them the damage that it would do is irreparable, just the way we're doing now with jobs. The Labor Department used to run immigration. It was done by FDR to get America out of the Depression to make certain that Americans would never have to compete with foreign workers. You disincentivize achievement and education when Americans come to understand that they're going to compete with third world workers willing to work for third world wages and the third world conditions, even as high tech workers. And both parties are all in on the notion of importing tens of thousands of high tech workers into the United States. And in fact, what Alan Greenspan had said, which was so outrageous, is that we need to do what Bill Gates wants, and that's basically open up all these H-1B high-tech visas for people with advanced degrees, people with MBAs, PhDs, and so forth. And he said, we need to do this for two reasons. First, he said, this is Greenspan, skilled workers and their families form new households. They will, of necessity, move into vacant housing units, the current glut of which is depressing prices of American homes. And of course, house price declines are a major factor in mortgage foreclosures and the plunge in value of the vast quantity of U.S. mortgage-backed securities that has contributed substantially to the disabling of our banking system. This was back in 2008 that that happened. The hearing was 2009. That's what he was referencing. But if you read between the lines, what he's saying is this will jack up the price of real estate. And look at what's happened to the price of real estate, pricing Americans out of housing, especially young Americans who are forced to live with their parents because they can't afford a house. The second supposed bonus to flooding America with H-1B visas would address the increasing concentration of income in this country. In other words, according to Greenspan, there are too many Americans making too much money, but he's not talking about himself or Zuckerberg or Gates or any of them, right? And I was says, just going to ask you, is he talking about himself? Has we looked at this? No, but I this, don't think so. If you, if you have high blood pressure issues, take your pill now, because I promise you it's about to take a major jump with what I'm about to say. These are Greenspan's words. Don't blame me. I'm just the messenger. Don't kill the messenger. Greatly expanding our quotas for the highly skilled would lower the wage premiums of the skilled over the lesser skilled. In other words, let's destroy the middle class. He goes on and says, skill shortages in America exist because we're shielding our skilled labor force from world competition. That's what the That's immigration laws are supposed to do. Protect American workers, their jobs and their wages. They want to change that. When they say we need to modernize the immigration laws, what they want to mean, what they mean to say is we need to be able to fire every American and replace every American high-tech worker with a foreign worker. Think about that. And it goes on and he says this. Uh, quotas have been substituted for the wage pricing mechanism. And in the process, we have created, you're going to love this term, folks, a privileged elite Privileged elite, we're talking about middle-class workers. We've created a, a privileged elite whose incomes are being supported at non-competitively high levels by immigration quotas on skilled professionals, eliminating such restrictions. In other words, flooding America with limitless numbers of foreign workers would reduce at least some of our income inequality. This is a prescription for the destruction of the middle class and America, because as you bring in foreign workers, 
what happens? Our intellectual capabilities, our technology leaves the United States and makes its way ultimately to China and other enemies of the United States. One of the things Trump did, and I'm not one of these blind Trump was always right. I've got my issues with Donald Trump. But Betsy DeVos, the education secretary, opened an investigation into how billions of dollars, billions of dollars could have been unreported that went to American universities, some of our most prestigious schools from China, from Saudi Arabia, from Qatar, from other countries that are not our allies. China is seeking and has succeeded in twisting our curricula, getting their students into our country so they can become engineers and programmers and then get temporary employment at U.S. military contractors where they commit espionage so frequently the intelligence community refers to it as Chinese takeout. They're also picking the faculty and twisting the curriculum to teach American kids that America is this terrible country. They are undermining our country from within and they're doing it by being able to send billions of dollars to American schools. And this all has to stop. And with all the talk about what China is going to do with Taiwan and China helping Russia and the Ukraine, how do we bargain for a position of strength when we've sold so much land, farmland and buildings to China, when we educate their engineers, their scientists and their computer programmers, and we depend on them to manufacture our pharmaceuticals and just about everything else that we need in this country. We are beholden to China, which again goes back to what the communists used to say, that the capitalists will sell you the rope with which you will hang them. We have sold them the rope and they are hanging us. And the politicians like Biden with his son and their connections to China, if you look at um, um, all these members of Congress, that have had people from China working on their staff. Diane Feinstein Schofer, who was involved with Chinese espionage for 20 years. Swalwell hanging out with that hooker who was linked to Chinese intelligence. We've had police officers in New York who had turned out concealed their involvement with Chinese espionage so they can keep tabs on Chinese citizens right here in New York City. And in fact, they had a police station in New York City that was being used as a focus for espionage for the Chinese government, and they've done this all over the world. Final point, and I didn't hear any of the talking heads on TV when they talked about the balloon, scoffing at the balloon. Ha, that's old technology. How silly is that? No, it's not old technology. Satellites can only stay over an area that they're concerned with for a couple of minutes and it moves on. That satellite is moving at 17,000 miles an hour the balloon could loiter over our missile silos in Montana for days. So we had a choice, cease operations or continue doing what we do there so they could observe how we operate. So understand that that balloon was brilliant and nobody on television made the point about the limitations of satellites versus a balloon that could remain static over a location of interest to America's enemies. What do you think of that? I think that they probably don't know because they are also victims of affirmative action. And I don't think that they can put any thoughts no, these together. Were, these that are, they're, no, no, that's not, that, that's not what we were dealing with. I'm talking about the intelligence people that were on TV. That's what I mean. The no, intelligence people have no time. intelligence. Well, <laughs> that's what I believe. Well, perhaps. Mike, 
I would like to thank you so much and ask you to come back because this is going to be an ongoing story. And please tell everyone where they can find you. Uh, the, your <laughs> writing is very important, and I know that you have a show, so please share that information. Sure. I, I, I write for Front Page Magazine, frontpagemag.com. My own personal website is michaelcutler.net. And please tune into my radio program, The Michael Cutler Hour. It airs Friday night, 7 p.m. on Blog Talk Radio, The Michael Cutler Hour. And even if you can't listen live, uh, my podcasts are always available at The Michael Cutler Hour. My final thought, folks, please get involved. Have conversations with your neighbors, not fights, not arguments. The facts, morality, common sense, and the law are all on our side. If we sit down and this, if we, even if we disagree, we need to use facts, not you know, bombast. We need to focus as Americans on what makes us most similar, not what makes us most different. And please remember that democracy is not a spectator sport. At the end of the day, it's up to every one of us to engage with our neighbors, even if they think they disagree with us, to provide them with an alternate um, possibility. And you can possibly use my articles or my radio programs as a way of illustrating the points, because immigration is at the center of just about every challenge and threat that we and America faces today. Oh, I could not agree more. And thank you so much for joining me today, Mike. My it is always a pleasure to listen to you and learn. And folks, that's what this is all about. We have to learn and share. And when you read something, if you just keep it to yourself, it's like not having that knowledge. You have to share that knowledge. And Absolutely. don't be afraid of contacting your legislators, because believe me, you have more knowledge on the topic than they do. Uh, many of them don't even pay attention, and it's quite sad. So that's a, that's a charge that we all have to pay attention to. Thank you, Mike. I appreciate working with you. It is always a pleasure. Thank you, Karen. It's always a privilege. By the way, quick point. It's also the staffers that work for the Congress or, or the various politicians hoping to get a job with a lobbying outfit if they could twist that member of Congress or that member of the Senate to vote for a particular bill in a certain way. Uh, and they're not elected representatives. They're just college kids who got a good job and are in a position to wield undue influence on the elected representatives. We need to make certain that those elected representatives are reminded that they work for us, we the people, and that we aren't the fools that they've been playing us for. Absolutely. Thank you. Yep. Wow, what a lot of information from Mike Cutler. And folks, we are talking about corruption, which to me is nothing short of treason. When you are siding with a government like the Chinese Communist Party that is totally anti-American, and we now find out that maybe a quarter of our Congress is part of the Communist Party. Corruption is everywhere. But most people don't understand it's a fancy word and what does it really mean and how are people really corrupt? So I wanted to bring in a friend of mine, Kenny. Uh, he lives in Arizona. And Kenny, there is a lot going on in Arizona. Aside from what's going on with Kerry Lake, what is happening? Uh, you have found out about um, Katie Hobbs and what she has been doing to launder money. Was that true? That's a, um, it's an interesting question. Uh, 
I mean, it's all alleged at this point. So we have to, you know, go by the, the rule of law, of course, but it, she's, there's a lot of circumstantial evidence that backs that up. So what are they I saying? tend to believe it. What, what are they saying about her? Now, remember, folks, Katie Hobbs is the was the secretary of, of state who certified her own election to become governor of Arizona in a totally unfair election when a lot of Republicans didn't even get a chance to vote. So let's set the stage for that. But what are they saying? How did this work? What is she what did she do? Well, what they're saying, they, they had a, a joint session last week. I think it was on Thursday and Friday. And they had, uh, you know, a certain individual within Congress that, that um, brought uh, in a, a person to speak that was an attorney. And I guess this person's law firm has been researching and uh, actually finding fraudulent real estate transactions, insurance claims, um, you know, just property deeds that the Sinaloa cartel in Mexico has been uh, laundering their money through. And the, the allegation that ironically came from originally from a divorce, a lawsuit that, that started with, with the divorce. And it's, it's too long of a story to get into here, but the, the short version is that as this guy, this lawyer was uh, involved in this divorce, he, he stumbled upon a lot of documentation, things that were notarized, things that um, looked legit um, up front, but apparently were uh, money laundering attempts through individuals in, in Arizona state government, uh, some of the police departments, um, surprisingly, the Maricopa County uh, court system. I say surprisingly sarcastic, of course, because I, that's that's my um, arena. I've dealt with them. And what jumped out at me, I mean, with, with Katie Hobbs is on the list, as is Kirsten Cinema, And uh, there's a, there's several other very prominent names that are on there. And Katie Hobbs is probably uh, <laughs> if she if this is, turns out to be true, she being on there surprises me the least. I find her very, very corrupt in so many different ways. I mean, I can tell you personal story after personal story that um, it, all evidence seems to point in one direction for me. But the name that jumped out for me really on the list when, when the list came out, it's about roughly 30 names or so. Um, several police officers in Mesa, Arizona, uh, prosecutors, but a court-appointed advisor from the Maricopa County Court System named Barb Kiffmeyer was on there. And my personal experience is that my stepdaughter um, was taken by CPS, or at the time that Arizona called it DCS. Uh, she was taken literally from high school one day, and she was gone for a year. And um, a year later, we, we still couldn't seem to get the courts to understand that there was no reason for her to be taken out of the home. There was never any uh, physical abuse, sexual abuse. It was a typical, uh, you know, mom and dad in a custody battle that was lasting 12 years. But this Barb Kiffmeyer was assigned our case. And she seemed to do everything that was contrary to common sense that any parent would want to do you know, to protect your child and, and, to, and to get to the truth. 
we couldn't understand what she was doing. She seemed to be working with other people within the court system. And next thing you know, our child's gone and was gone for a year. And we had a lot of things that we you know, thought to be true, but of course you can't prove them. Well, seeing Barb Kiffmeyer on this list, of course, her name's right there with Katie Hobbs and Kristen Cinema. It really makes you wonder what was going on because she seemed to be the ringleader in my personal case where our daughter was taken. Year after she was taken and, and was still gone, her court-appointed counselor privately approached me and said, your stepdaughter is about to be entered into child trafficking and you're going to have to find a way to do something to get her back because I, at this point, I don't know what else to do. My question to her was, have you ever seen this before? And she goes, oh, yeah, if you deal with CPS, you see this quite a bit. Well, mm -hmm. I was working with Defenders of Children in Arizona, a nonprofit group. And among others, they had several uh, both active and retired family court attorneys working for them pro bono. And I was in rooms with, with these individuals who privately told me that they see this as well. They know that it goes on. They just know that if they talk about it a little bit too much, not only do, do they lose their license and probably their career, but there may be retaliatory taken action taken against them or their families. They're all afraid for their lives. And that's what they told me privately. So when I saw Barb Kiffmeyer's name on, on the list, I can't say I'm surprised, but really for me, it answered a lot of questions because I really thought that the whole trafficking corridor here in Arizona was so vital to the, the deep state, the new world order, that they couldn't risk not having complete control here politically, which my opinion, that's why Katie Hobbs is governor. And that's why Kirsten Sinema is one of our, was our senator. No, this is why we call them the uniparty. The globalists yes. are in both parties. The communists who are the globalists are in both parties. You can't be a globalist without being a communist because globalists do not believe in borders, do not believe in sovereignty, and believe that they should own everything. And you, for working for them, will be able to rent an apartment. You'll be able to rent something you won't own anything. Being a globalist, I, I don't even know how these people, uh, how they can do an oath to office. They can't because the minute they, as I said before, the minute they put their hand on the Bible, they're lying because communists do not believe in God. I believe they're in both parties. We call the Republicans rhinos, but I think they're worse than that. And I think we should start calling them who they are. And that would be globalists. Part of the problem that we have as Americans is that we're afraid to name our enemy when we look and we see our enemy right in the face and realize it's our government. Sally Baptist, I love her, her initial phrase. She said, I love my country. It's my government I'm afraid of. From what you're saying, Kenny, this is going to go no place and it's just going to continue. And you're supposed to look the other way as a constituent. Is that the way this is supposed to work? You have to accept their corruption and not make apparently, any waves? Apparently, that's uh, what I'm seeing and what I'm gathering. I mean, I'm a precinct committeeman, so I, I go to the meetings with the Republican Party. And I know most of the names and, and faces. I can tell you that I went to a meeting a few weeks ago where um, 
Kelly Ward was the, the Arizona GOP chairwoman. Her term was up, so there were five individuals trying for that to get that position, and one of them was a close friend of mine, and he'd be about the only person that I trust in, in politics here in Arizona. And I went to a, a meeting with a state committeemen that, that were questioning these five, trying to decide which one they wanted to vote for. And I got to tell you, Karen, what I got out of that meeting was that none of the Republicans in that room were serious about reforming the election process. They were all making excuses for the establishment. And it's apparently we're still infiltrated with McCain Republicans, which obviously they're not Republicans. But that's what I gathered from it is, is that they give it lip service. And these are I'm, I'm not even talking just about the current elected officials. I'm talking about state committeemen and precinct committeemen. And the positions where, where, that I occupy, where we're, we're the ones that are supposed to find the right people to put on the ballot. These people still, for whatever reason, and they're citizens, they don't seem to understand the gravity of where we're at right now. They, they make excuses for the corruption. These are supposed to be the, the best the Republican Party has in Arizona. It's scary. I'm beginning to think that this is not just in Arizona. This is all over. And when I see something like this, folks, what I always do is go to my go-to page, which is called the 45 Goals of Communism. And this was yeah. part of the congressional record. And then I look at these goals and I say, mm, what's going on? Was that part of one of the goals? And lo and behold, look at what I just found. Goal number 15 from the communists, capture one or both of the political parties in the United States. And, re and number 12 says, resist any attempt to outlaw the Communist Party. So now we have a clear understanding of where this is coming from. What can we do about it? Kenny, you're a precinct man. What can we do about it? Well, we're doing everything we can possibly do to wake up just the Republicans around us in, in the state committeemen and precinct committeemen ranks, of course, the elected officials as well. Up to this point, we're just getting blank stares back. And of course, we're being called the bad guys. We're being called the, the, the radicals. Um, the fact that we call everyone rhinos that doesn't that, that don't seem to understand the, the gravity of the situation and make excuses for the establishment. They get so angry that we call them rhinos that that seems to be the only topic of discussion in these meetings is why are you calling us rhinos? Well, <laughs> it's, it's your it's your behavior pattern. Maybe it's sad, Karen. It, it is beyond sad right now. It is, folks. And this is why we must get engaged. We must do what Kenny did. Was it hard to become a precinct man? Kenny, is it hard precinct to do that? Even, no, it, it's not at all. You you find your, your uh, assuming you're a registered voter, find your precinct. And in your precinct, there's going to be a uh, precinct captain. There's going to be the leadership for the, the Republican Party within that precinct. Um, find them. Many times you're going to find that there's several open seats because each precinct, of course, it's based on population in that area. The number of seats that you're registered voters, I should say, for, for um, that particular precinct. And a lot of times these positions just go um, unfilled. No one knows about them. And that's that's how the McCain Republicans have. And McCain was very instrumental in, in this in Arizona in that he wanted as many open positions, uh, unfilled 
precinct committeeman seats as possible because we had what was called a proxy system, where if um, you're a precinct committeeman and, and you're, you're a McCain person, you were given permission to vote in addition to your own vote. You're being a proxy. You can vote for the open position. So there, if there's 10 open positions in your precinct, you got 11 votes, yours and 10 others. Wow. And that's how they were, were winning all these races and getting all these these rhinos in these races to run to begin with was because they were able to do that. We um, I, I belong to the Arizona, the Patriot Party of Arizona for a while, and, and I, I still work with them rather extensively. And I, I think they're they're the only legitimate group that's trying to uh, turn this all around. And that's exactly what they've been trying to do is, is get rid of the proxy system trying to take away the tools that these McCain Republicans have been able to use to turn our state into, into rhinos. Well, it, this is a, an incredible quest, and I certainly hope that you are able to do that. But folks, just because it's happening in Arizona, don't sit back and say, not in my state. It's happening in every state, including the free state of Florida. And that's another topic for another discussion. But it's just as corrupt. The corruption is just as big no matter where you are. People are greedy and people who don't believe in God and communists do not are even more greedy and they don't care who they step on to get everything that they want their way. Kenny, thank you so much for sharing that with us. And I hope that you will come back and tell us how things are working. Um, I know that Kerry Lake is now going to be in front of the Supreme Court. We hope that this Supreme Court will recognize that the people of Arizona did not have a free and fair election as guaranteed by our Constitution, and that something will be done about it and that they will have the cojones to do something about it. Because from what I'm seeing, uh, there is too much fear. And if we're going to be living in a world of fear, then we're going to be governed like a bunch of serfs. We have to step out of that. We have to do what Kenny is doing and join our party, whatever that is, and pay attention to what these people are doing. Look at the donors and make sure you know who you're voting for before you vote. That's the most important thing. Kenny, thank you for joining me today. It is always a pleasure to talk with you. And I certainly hope you'll come back and share some more Arizona information. Thank you, Karen. Uh, keep fighting the good fight. You're doing a great job. Thank you. Folks, uh, we're at the end of our show. And what can I say? Hopefully you got a lot of information. We've given you a lot of information and absorb it. Listen to the podcast. Come back next week and we'll have more. This is Karen Schoen. You're listening to the Prism of America's Education brought to you on the America Out Loud Talk Radio Network with my wonderful sponsor, the Florida Citizens Alliance. Thank you all for joining me. Visit my Substack, Karen Schoen. Let's hear your opinion. I'm always interested in you. I'm America. Yes, America is.